0: Welcome to Dad, I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden. If this is your first time joining us, please remember to click subscribe. As some of you may already know, we recently hit number six on Apple's parenting podcast charts. So thank you so much for your support as listeners. I am so very grateful that this podcast has connected with so many parents around the globe. And I am excited to announce a new release schedule. That should hopefully help to better support our listeners with the highest quality content that we can possibly put out into the world. From here on out, we will be releasing new episodes the first Thursday of each month with additional supporting content released throughout the remainder of the month. And today, I am excited to revisit where it all began, a past favorite from our first season. The episode is called Dad Truth, which seems to have struck a chord with parents of all genders, because in the end, there's a lot more that unites us as parents if we allow ourselves a moment to see things from a fresh perspective. (laughs) As discussed in our last episode, this is a podcast for both dads and moms, an opportunity to share a different perspective and selfishly ask and answer some questions that have been a bit tricky for the wife and myself. Uh, and I thought this was a great forum to kind of explore, bring in people who know more, and philosophize, philosophicate, filigate. These are not words. So the name of this episode is called Dad Truth. The concept behind a dad truth is to reveal something that Potentially break stereotypes, revealing things that one might not expect to hear from a dad, but also simultaneously showcasing how similar moms and dads often are in their inner thoughts, opinions, beliefs, etc. So before I jump into a few of my dad truths, I would like to start with a story. Actually, two stories Without rambling too much, I like to tell stories. So if you opened episode one and listened to it, you will know that I have dreamt of becoming a dad for as long as I could remember. And I thought I was alone in this, but I realized that there are many out there who are just like me. They simply needed a safe place to let down their guard and reveal their true selves, which can be scary and takes more bravery than I think people realize because it's not brave to sit silently in the corner and pretend like you don't care. Uh, But I hope that this podcast can be a place for both men and women to be brave, to face their inner demons, and most importantly, to speak up about the things they care about, And explore modern parenting while breaking through all of those BS stereotypes that are honestly just holding us all back. All right, back to the story. So when our friends learned that we were pregnant, I received a gift. It was a book for expectant dads, which I was intrigued. I'm not—I didn't think I'd be someone who really read a lot of parenting books. Um, That's not how I traditionally like to learn— I like to learn by action and by talking to others. But I thought, you know, as excited as I am, I could use all the knowledge I can get. And I started to read this book, and I was shocked at how douchey it was. I just found it to be masked in all this pseudo-masculinity that turned me off. There were statements like, if you don't want to get in trouble with your wife, you should probably do this. Or pretend to care about this. Or if you if you have low testosterone, you could plan a date night and come up with questions together. And it's like that is a brilliant idea. And from reading the dedication of this book that the uh, that the author wrote, you could tell he was a very sensitive soul. But yet it was almost like he was scared to just be ballsy and and write great ideas. He had to mask them with these douchey statements. And uh, I just, you know, there are people out there who there potentially are actual douches, people who get pregnant and are terrified and run away or don't even care because they're so selfish. I'm sure those people exist, but I have not met one of them. I have never met a guy who deep down didn't care about something who didn't want to make the world a better place in some way. Sure there's fear, there's insecurities about others opinions of you, but on the majority I would f- I-, I feel like guys have a lot of questions when you get pregnant. Of course you do. Why is that scary to vocalize them? I I, I was bothered. I did not finish the book. I put it away. Ironically, uh, when I started to prep this podcast, I thought it only fair to actually look through the book in a bit more detail, and I found that it surprisingly had many useful tidbits, which I unfortunately learned the hard way. So I kicked myself a little that I never read through it in the first place. But I, I just was so bothered that it was written in a tone that was hiding and almost apologizing for being a sensitive soul or even rather for being a human with questions and someone who actually cares about things. And that's some of the basis for the concept behind dad truths, because I don't think that we should be ashamed as men to state things that we're feeling. It's hard enough to look into yourself and figure out what you're feeling, but we shouldn't then not be able to announce it to the world as we see fit. Which transitions perfectly into my first dad truth. It is possible to be in complete bliss and simultaneously feel completely isolated and alone. And I think many of you stay-at-home parents will, uh, either men or women, will be able to relate to that. There's something about being home with your kid uh, for the first few months of their life where uh, uh, it's almost like a bubble is formed, partly by society and partly just to keep yourself sane. And you're in such amazement of this little creature that you have created and exhausted emotionally and physically. And luckily, hopefully, you have a support network that comes and forces themselves in the door, but a lot of times you just, you isolate yourself. Now, as you know, if you've listened to episode one, I uh, stayed at home for the first year of my son's life. I had my phone off much of the year. I was off social, which in the political climate was a blessing. And it was amazing at times. Yes, exhausting. Yes, incredibly frustrating at times. But for me, During that year, as wonderfully blissful as it was to have that time to bond with my son, simultaneously, I also felt very lonely. I was told to sign up for classes, so I did, and the majority were filled mostly by moms. And... I completely understand that there were not a lot of dads in those classes, but the moms were not very welcoming. And I, and I can't blame them because I understand that they wanted to talk with other people of the same sex. Uh, they wanted to discuss everything from breastfeeding to the changes happening in their bodies. But at the end of the day, as a dad, my life also got turned completely upside down. And as a dad, I needed as much of a support network as any other mom. You know, we are all parents going through major changes, and I wish I knew then what I acknowledge now because I think that if I had been a bit more vulnerable and expressed how lonely I was feeling, I feel like I would have gotten more support. And so hopefully... Um, Others hearing this cannot make that same mistake. And hopefully moms hearing this will see that dads need just as much support as the other moms in the room. So there you have my first dad truth. I hope that uh, some of you out there can relate. And now on to dad truth numero dos. Yes, I also speak some Spanish. I don't mean to brag, but, you know. So, it took us quite a few years to get pregnant. So, most of our friends, by the time we had our son, uh, had children that were many years older. And it is a difficult thing to plan playdates with a six-month-year-old and a four-year-old. I mean, the range of abilities are drastically different. And... Uh, Basically, your your social life completely changes once the baby comes into the picture. You have older people who want to hang out with the kid, but there's not much you can do with a four-month-year-old and they get bored. You have single friends who are like, can we go out? You have couple friends who don't have kids yet who are like, I'm talking to you. Why are you paying attention to your kid? And you're just trying to make sure that they're alive. So when we got invited to a party with other babies and we didn't know the parents, we didn't, uh, we knew one couple and we were like, we're desperate to meet friends with kids, similar ages. Uh, All the invitations, obviously, as I've stated before, it came through my wife. Uh, As a dad, I was not getting invitations. And so basically we were eager to go to this party. Ironically, the invitation stated that the men and women would be separate. The moms would be upstairs with the kids and the dads would be downstairs watching football and drinking. And this was something that was, you know, supposed to be a very exciting option. My wife and I joked that maybe we should swap roles because my wife would much prefer being the one to watch some sports and have a drink. (laughs) But I just found it shocking that I sounded Boston just now. Shocking. I I didn't understand how in 2018 that that is something that would be, I guess it was, maybe it was 2019. Uh, I didn't understand how this is something that people would want to do. But I said, you know what? We don't have any friends right now. Let's go. Cut to the party. I'm hanging out with the guys. And there's a lot of talk about our 20s and partying and drinking and, gang-laid, and it's not that I didn't enjoy my 20s. I enjoyed all of those things in my 20s, but to be very honest, dad truth number two, I like spending time with my wife and kid. I like where I'm at in my life. I am not missing my heyday. I know that's not true for everyone, but for me, it took a long time to get here, and I worked hard to find this wife, and I like this partner. That's why I married her, and I like this kid, he's a part of me. If you don't like your kid, look inward. Because if you don't like your kid, maybe there's something happening within you. Because the kid came from you. And I just feel like I like my wife and kid. And I didn't want to be separated. So as open as I was to all of these new guys and this reminiscing, I said, does anyone want to go upstairs and join the ladies? And everyone unanimously wanted to. And I thought that was so funny. I don't know whose idea it was in the first place, but even the host was like, oh, you do? Okay. And we all went upstairs and we hung out with the um, spouses and the kids for the rest of the party. And it was wonderful. They had much better food. Uh, The kids were having fun, playing around in a little pool and hanging out. It was nice to be around moms and dads talking to each other, sharing equal responsibility. And it was just, it was like, we were supposed to be ashamed as men that we wanted to hang out with our partners and our kids. And I, I think it's time to end that. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about liking the partner that you chose to spend the rest of your life with. Liking spending time with your kid. I think that we're breaking through that a lot with kids, but I still think there's a stigma around people who really like their wives. I don't know why it's still a joke to act like uh, they're giving you a headache. You know, uh, you chose to marry them. I don't know why you have to hide your affection for them. And please know that I completely grasp that no relationship is perfect, many and most are like a roller coaster ride. And that is not just, you know, relationships with your partner. That's also relationships with your children. Case in point. When my son turned one a few months back, I slowly began easing myself back into work. And it was not an easy transition. It still is not an easy transition. That's something we'll discuss on later episodes. But I have always handled nights from the very beginning. I'm kind of a night owl and... uh Last night, I was on deadline for work, and that meant I went to bed quite late. I didn't fall asleep until around 3.30, and my son had a very tumultuous night. He has been sick ever since he started daycare two months ago. (laughs) Fun. So he was up and down throughout the night and then finally woke up to start his day around Six thirty now traditionally this wouldn't be the biggest deal because whereas I do nights, my wife does mornings, but uh this morning, my wife had to wake up at like six a m because she had to be at work very early, so I was on duty. I tried to give him a bottle, he threw it. I guess he wanted mom, he started walking. To the door, and trying to look underneath the little uh, opening to see if maybe you could see footsteps or something. I guess this is a new thing. Look, when the door is closed in his bedroom, he's now looking underneath the little ray of light that comes through the door to find relief from the torture that is me in the morning. Finally, he's screaming. He doesn't want the bottle. He doesn't want to sleep. So I pick him up. I walk through the house. I show him that mommy is not there. It's me or nada. So then he gets a little more friendly. He takes a little bottle, but he does not want me to give it to him. He wants to hold it himself. And then I think, let's go have some breakfast. He is fighting every one of his favorite foods. He is gripping the... Spoon when I give him the yogurt, pretending like he's gonna eat it and then flinging it around. I mean, it was a disaster sight. And then I took him to daycare and I have a crazy day at work. And basically, he gives me, as we're driving, he starts making this sound with his mouth, like, and he just starts saying, da da. And he just smiles at me in the mirror. And my heart just melts, and I'm so grateful for the moment. And then I drop them off at daycare, and I come back. And after just the shortest amount of alone time in silence, I miss them already. It's, it's a crazy thing. Which is why it is so crucial during those very difficult moments to remember the very famous quote, "'This too shall pass.'" And I know that is much easier said than done. Which brings me to my final dad truth of this episode, dad truth number three. I personally was very grateful to my partner for allowing me the opportunity to stay at home and for holding down the fort monetarily so I could be with our kid for a year. But I was simultaneously resentful of her freedom. I mean, I would often think to myself, it was not easy for my wife to get up and go to work. I know she's exhausted, uh, but she's with adults, and they're not flinging yogurt in her face. And during that year, when it was just me, and I wasn't able to go to daycare and drop them off, it was a really difficult thing to feel like I'm having amazing moments, but sometimes I just want to eat a meal and relax for a second. And sometimes I just want silence for a minute. Still, the fact of the matter is uh, we were each making sacrifices and there was no real reason for me to be resentful, but that didn't stop it from happening. And I think we're all human. And I think that's um, not the most shocking thing in the world, but it's important that we're aware that it's not necessarily fair. Because when she would come home from work, I unfortunately, in my resentment, wasn't always the nicest. There were times during that year when I would say, okay, I've been with them all day, your turn. And she just came from a whole day at work. And yeah, she had freedom, but the God's honest truth is um, we're partners and i'm sure there's no difference whether you're a stay-at-home parent or not as a parent when one when one partner goes and does something you can be happy and excited for them to go get some rest and get some freedom and simultaneously be resentful and i don't know that that makes you inhuman or mean or wrong i think it's just an inevitable truth we are complicated, complex individuals and we're entitled to have more than one emotion. And sometimes they oppose each other and it is confusing. But the fact of the matter is I could have at any moment said, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go back to working. Let's figure out a daycare or a nanny and I, I will get that freedom. But I didn't want that. I wanted to be with him. I I enjoyed being with him more than I enjoyed the concept of getting that freedom back. But I found that I wanted to justify that my time was worthwhile as well. Obviously, my party was bringing home money and working hard, and there was no question that their time was justified. But I wanted to be clear that my time was spent worthwhile. And of course, I was watching our kid. But it sometimes doesn't feel like you're a contributing member of society because you're sitting and watching a kid and you're like, could anyone do this? Am I actually doing something for the betterment of the world? And I ultimately decided, of course, it was a wonderful experience for me. Looking back now, you know, at 14 months, I I definitely think it was beneficial for him. I think there is a huge debate on nature nurture. Most people who work throughout that whole time period and don't stay home or take time off, say, their kids are 100% nature. Uh, I I feel that they're mostly nurture. I think this is something that we all decide as a mechanism to protect ourselves and our choices. I don't know the answer. That is something we'll get into on a later episode as well. But for me, I felt proud of much of his growth and the way he socialized and the way he would hug strangers. Although the stranger danger thing still a little scary because he does not conceive what that means. But <laughs> he was just such a loving individual. He, he understood everything I said when I would, uh, would say, come here, he came. And it's like a baby shouldn't be understanding that. But we had this dialogue, the two of us, in this bubble that we were in And I feel like I held that over my wife's head a little, even though they had a natural bond, because I was a little resentful of her freedom. I apologize for it later, and I apologize for it now, and I understand now why I did it, but it is something that I think is more common than we realize. And I think that it's something that the only way to solve it is to air it. And I think that's with most situations between partners, the resentment builds up, whether justified or not. And the only way to deal with it is to begin by clearing the air and being in touch with my emotions and my imperfections and acknowledging them so that none of us feel so alone. So those are a few of my dad truths. And I think it's a very important thing to share them. Because if we all go around declaring our dad truths, then other dads will hopefully feel the freedom to do the same. And moms can see how similar we all are. And we can begin to be a culture that realizes that we're all part of the same team. And it's not always easy. And future parents can understand not the picture-perfect Instagram version, but the true nature of being a parent. Because at the end of the day, I like my wife and my kid. And at the end of the day, being a parent can be complete bliss and also be isolating. And lastly, but just as importantly... The parent that is doing the majority of the parenting at that moment can sometimes feel resentful of the parent that is off taking a break or having a night to themselves or even going to work with other adults. But in truth, I, I want my son to realize that it is a roller coaster ride and not everything in life is smooth and easy. And there are ups and downs in our relationship as father and son, in his parents' relationship, and I have no doubt in many of your relationships. And if that is the case, I look forward to your help in breaking the stigma. In the end, you know, parenting is friggin' difficult, and it's complicated, and it's never black and white. And I think it's okay for my kid to see that I'm not always happy or perfect that I make mistakes. Hopefully I can encourage an atmosphere of being okay with that. Because just like my kid looking at me in that mirror and saying dada, and me forgetting everything that happened this morning, the good almost always outweighs the bad. And I would much rather have my son see that and learn that life is not always perfect, but it is pretty great. And that is My Dad Truth. Thank you for listening. If you're still here, then there's a good chance that you enjoyed today's episode. And if that is the case, I invite you to join in on the conversation by visiting Instagram at DILF Podcast. Until next time.